The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Aaron Bertles joins us with Crossroads Marketing. And we've made it to a Thursday. We've gotten through three plus days of post-WASD reports, but still, it's like the hot water cooler talk, and it continues to be so. Yeah, it, I think the blessing here is that we've come down as quickly as we have. You know, we haven't had to sit around and watch this thing just grind to where it wanted to go. The funds got out quickly, and a lot of that stuff was people that had added late, you know, and took probably some pretty decent losses on things and were just bailing. Um, they're back to closer to even now, and so now you're going to see whether they want to go short or not. Right, this is the point where they're going to decide: Do they feel like comfortable enough with this information that they're willing to say, "Yeah, sure, this is what the result's going to be"? That seems like it would be tough to do, uh, given how late this crop is. Uh, you know, a lot of people obviously still have the same opinion that this yield is probably going to come down from here, and that would be my sentiment overall. I think most likely this is the most bearish number that you're going to see as we move forward, but. The worry is just, you know, when do we, if we get that information, if the yield goes lower, when is really the most likely time frame for that information to come out? You know, September might still be a tough month because of how late this crop is to, to get, you know, anything different than what we just got in this August report. So then you're looking at October really as a time frame where maybe you'll have enough information, maybe the crop's far enough along by that point in time to to see if if the yield is going to be coming off of that 169 you know that we just got but you know ultimately I'm not a guy that likes to guess crop sizes as you go through the year but you know whether you are or you are not um, if whatever you've done up to this point you're now in the situation where if you don't feel like you've done enough you have to play the guessing game I mean you're you're in it now um, so you got to make a choice um, if you believe it is going to go lower from this point then you're probably going to find your low for the year on this move, right? So then you can wait and, and see what happens in September, October, and those subsequent reports. If you're really concerned about whether this yield is going to come down or not, and you know the weather still looks really good, and the, the future weather right now looks pretty good, if you're concerned about that, then you better be ready for the next bounce to try to get yourself into a position that's a little bit more uh, feasible. For, for what your mindset is as you go through the end of the year. But in no means do we dismiss the September report. No, we don't dismiss it at all. It's just thinking about what's really going to be able to provide us um, some conclusions to this. It seems like it's a tough report. Just like this August report was going to be a tough one to really worry about yield. right? The, you've seen the market worry about yield because there's a lot of computer-driven stuff. You know, It plugs the yield in and bam, here you go. We're going down from there. Um, but you know, we all talked about going into this report that yield was going to be a really tough thing to to feel good about one way or the other. If it had gone down three bushels, you you don't know that that's really um, you know what we're going to end up with, right? So acres were the most disappointing thing here for people when you consider how many prevent plant acres there were, but yet where the acres actually ended up, uh, the yield was never something that we. I think anybody was going to feel too confident about coming out of this report. And the same thing will probably be said for September. Yeah, if it goes down in September, the market's going to react to that. But I don't know that it's going to change anybody's mindset. If they think it's possible it's a 169 or a 170, then 
they're probably going to keep that mindset until we get to the field and actually start seeing some results coming out of that. Do we see any weather pressure still building into this? I think that you could, but right now the extended forecast certainly isn't something that's providing any of that. Um, you know, the long-term forecast that came out yesterday looks really good for a blade line of crop, really, uh, is what you know the result of that would be. So that can change. That's a long time. That's a long-term forecast. Um, you know, heat and stuff at this point really isn't going to be a, a huge factor. Um, you know, you're looking more now for some of those forecasts to start changing and seeing the cold weather that that could become a, a risk if you go into October and some of this late planted stuff that got put in. Um, you know, whether freeze scares are going to be a part of this market or not. But you know, those are all extra possibilities. I still think the biggest question uh, is just what this yield could do potentially if everything is perfect from this point on. Right? Can it be a 169 if everything's perfect from this point on? Because that's really what the market's trying to trade. If they have a freeze scare come in, then they'll trade that and what that detriment could be to the current yield. But the big argument is still what is the possibility of this yield with perfect or regular weather? So is a freeze concern? I mean, I can't believe it's August 15th that we're talking <laughs> frost, but it's going to continue to pop up yeah. in discussions. Is it going to be more of a concern for soybeans versus corn? Yeah, I think it depends on the time frame that you're talking about um, uh, in there. But yeah, I would say ultimately yes, just because more of that crop got in at a much later time frame. Um, and because there's just not as many acres of soybeans planted you know, at this point. We got that information in this report too. So the tough part with beans, just like you saw today, they came off again. Uh, you know, They're a big focal point of the trade discussions. Uh, some of that stuff's going back and forth again here lately. Also, even with these acre drops and, and everything, there's still just a lot of beans, right? The carryout's still significant. So the bean market's going to have a tough time. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you get a scare and it's at the right time frame, it's going to have a bigger impact on beans just because of the, the how late they went in. Have you heard of any harvest rumblings out of the deep south? All that I've seen is, is uh, things that have been decent thus far, um, but I don't think that's unexpected. I, I think... For the most part, those areas were expected to have pretty decent corn, but I haven't seen anything consistently coming out yet that I'd feel very confident in. It seems like the year that we wonder if, if harvest is ever going to get here. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a long one. I, you know, This has been tough and trying for everyone out there as it is, um, but now moving forward, it's not going to get any easier. It's just uh, depends on the weather from here, but uh, no matter what weather it is, some people are not going to have a lot of fun with how late this is going to be. Yeah, no kidding. Well, stick around, folks. We have a lot more to come up. Yet here on the Fontenelle Final Bell, we'll talk a little bit about China. Uh, moving forward, a lot of reaction, a lot of discussions going on there. And also take a look what's been happening on the livestock side of today's trade action. And I understand may have seen some higher numbers in the cattle. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Aaron Bertles joins us from Crossroads Marketing, should mention that we are broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. kind of leads into China. Reaction with them. I mean, I've seen some comparisons to the Cold War with Russia as to what's going on with China. It's going to continue to be some very interesting times as we get closer to September. Yeah, I guess the positive thing I'll say is that, you know, both sides still continue to talk about each other and to each other, which is, you know, a good sign. Uh, it's the time where they stop talking or when they just push things down the road that we really need to worry for the long term. 
And I, I still think we're probably in a longer term battle, just like we've been in this whole time. Um, nobody wanting to give concessions. And uh, you had some comments going back and forth today where uh, Trump was trying to be somewhat courteous, I think, in his statements, but also, you know, saying that they needed to handle their in-house business with Hong Kong and the protests that are going on there. And then uh, China wanting to or making some comments about the U.S. meeting uh, them halfway on this trade deal versus it being all for them. And, uh, you know, Trump at this point, I think, is just laying it out and saying this does need to be a deal that's better for the U.S. than it is for China because in his feelings we've been on the the wrong side of this for way too long to accept anything less. And so it doesn't seem like anybody's really willing to to give an edge on this yet. So it it still could be a, a longer-term battle. Um, you know, they pushed some of the things off they were going to do as far as tariffs until December. Uh, Trump did, I guess I should say. So that's a decent sign that negotiations are still maybe taking place, but this is still one of those things that it's it's frustrating to even talk about or continue to talk about because you have things come up that seem like progress is being made, and then uh, ultimately the next day in one tweet, all of that's wiped out. So uh, I wouldn't expect anything to get done on this anytime soon, but it's good that they're still talking. And Japan hasn't taken, I mean, it has sort of taken a back burner, but there's still discussions going on there, and I understand that the president was asking, let's see you buy some U.S. products, let's buy some soybeans, automobiles, etc. Yeah, it's the same frustration with China. They, they keep saying that they're going to jump in and start buying uh, U.S. ag products, but yet you don't see that. You see cancellations and then them pushing sales off to further dates. And uh, those are comments that he's made that, uh, you know, we want to see some follow-up on some of these statements that are being made. And right now there, there just isn't any. Uh, you see the, the soybean demand uh, in a huge decline from what it's been, you know, before this this whole thing started, and uh, some of that I'm sure is attributed to the swine flu and all of those things too. But this trade war is taking a big hit, and you look at some of the other markets now uh, with the Dow doing what it's done the last <laughs> few days, and it seems like uh, this whole thing is moving into a little bit more of a global perspective than what it's been the last couple of years. It seems up to this point, you know, just from my own personal view, like it has been somewhat secluded to the ag sector, but now it's like it's starting to get a little bit more of a broader view to it and affecting some more of these these bigger markets. Speaking of bigger markets, it's been a crazy week for cattle. Yes. <laughs> it's it like up, down, we can't decide which direction we're going to go, and at least it wasn't as bad as it was a couple years ago, as you yeah. and I talked during the commercial break, where we had that happening, limit up, limit down, on the same trade day. Yeah, it seemed like a couple of years ago, as we talked, it just seemed like you'd have several days in a row where you'd be limit up and limit down in the same day. And uh, we haven't seen that, but this has been the most volatile thing we've seen in a long time. Um, the size of the gap on those charts uh, from the action that we had in those two consecutive days uh, was obviously huge. And, you know, I think some of this does have to do with the trade talk and, and uh, some of the, the outside markets affecting that as well. Um, I know, obviously, the Tyson plant and, and those things uh, were what kick-started it, but uh, you had a lot of people jumping on that real quick. Um, and I think some of that's more about the bigger picture concern. Finally, today we're in the green a little bit, at least on feeder cattle. Uh, we closed there. I think live cattle were, were pretty mixed as we ended the day there. But um, So, yeah, I still think that you're dealing with oversupply. You're dealing with some of these bigger picture things that are happening. As you move further, and obviously we just took a huge hit, you're, you should still see a decline in overall supply. And that should be beneficial as we move into some of these later times. I think last time we were here, we talked about the, the chart and where it was. And that short term, this might not be a bad place to be getting something done because uh, short term, this is going to be a, a, a tough place to get through. And it proved to be that uh, at this point. So 
hopefully now you can get past these things. Um, you know, you look at the Tyson thing is a, an issue up front. Long term, it's probably somewhat friendly, you know, just because it's going to keep things current and, and moving. But um, so we'll see how that acts from this point forward. You know, you need to fill this gap. You need to try to get people looking a little bit further down the road here um, to what the supply is going to be as you move forward. What well, over the hogs? I mean, we, we know that African swine fever is continuing to spread, spread to more countries, more areas. But we've kind of backed off some of the highs we saw early on today. Yeah, and I, th- I think still that all of these markets are going to be somewhat in a place where they're going to have a tough time uh, really pushing to the fundamental places people think they should be just because of the overall uh, marketplace and the trade concerns. So I think it's going to keep a lot of these markets in check in places that you, you think they should be able to push through. All right, sounds good. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Aaron? Yeah, just email me at abertles at crossroadsml.com or just give me a call at 402-309-3171. And, of course, tomorrow you can check it out on our social media for Trading Bits and Bytes. We'll expand a little bit more on what we've been talking about today. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.